This is Daniel Fagell, and you're listening to the AI in Business podcast. This is our Thursday episode. You know what that means. It's our Making the Business Case episode for the week, where we talk about AI adoption and the return on investment of AI at a higher level. Tuesdays are for use cases. Thursdays are going one level up. So we speak this week with Priya Rajagopalan, who's the Chief Product Officer of Four Kites. Four Kites is an AI company in the supply chain and logistics space. They've raised over $100 million. So clearly there's some venture capitalists out there that think that these folks are really onto something. And clearly there's some customers that feel the same. We speak this week with Priya about how to leverage AI for a competitive advantage. What does it mean to build an AI product, to build an AI solution that genuinely pulls you away from the pack? And what can enterprises do to model some of the things that the most innovative companies are doing today, the most innovative AI startups? That's what we dive into in this episode. I think you're going to enjoy it. If you haven't already checked out Emerge Plus, I'd recommend you do so. These Making the Business Case episodes are actually sort of based on some of the major themes we cover in Emerge Plus. We have an entire AI best practice practice library there about everything from buying and selling AI right down to competing with AI in the marketplace, adopting and deploying AI successfully, and also measuring AI ROI. That section alone is worth astronomically more than what it costs to get an Emerge Plus membership. You can check out Emerge Plus at emerj.com slash P1. That's P as in plus and then just the number one. So be sure to check that out if you like these Thursday episodes, as those are really our go-to resources. We also have an AI white paper library where you can download reports about picking AI vendors, measuring AI ROI, and much, much more. That's emerge.com slash P1. Without further ado, I'm going to let Priya take it away. This is an excellent episode. I know you're going to dig it. This is Priya Rajagopalan with Four Kites here on the AI and Business Podcast. So Priya, you folks are are moving pretty quick in the supply chain and AI space. I think it's something like five years, 500 employees. I mean, that's that's a good pace. When you guys think about where artificial intelligence plays a role in your competitive advantage, how you can leverage AI to kind of have a moat between yourselves and the competitors, how do you think about that? How do you frame that internally? Yeah, so I think it's been an interesting evolution for us, Dan. You know, when I started at the company, you know, we were three years ago, 30 employees. Candidly, we didn't do much in this space. I think we were we were still obviously building our network, onboarding shippers. The focus was really on building out our carrier ecosystem, onboarding shippers and making sure that you know we wanted to do one thing and do it extremely well. And that was real-time freight visibility. That's what we were focused on. Since then, you know, we've expanded. We started originally in the food slash CPG industries. Since then, we've expanded to a bunch of other industries, right, ranging from oil and gas to chemicals to manufacturing. We're now up to about 350 large Fortune 2000 shippers. There's at any given point about three quarters of a million loads, right, 750,000 loads at any given point moving through four kites. And so what all of that has really led to is, well, now we have a ton of data, right, and we can use this data, obviously, in smart ways, right? We can, in fact, we have enough data to do some serious AI, meaning specifically machine learning, and we can use that to the benefit of our shippers, but also the industry as a whole. And so I would say now our data science team, certainly from being the youngest team in the company even two years ago, is the fastest growing uh, part of our you know, product and engineering teams, right? They, we are investing a ton in this space. And I think the way we thought about it was very simple. We said, we are about being able to provide a best-in-class ETA to our 
shippers, right? And what I mean by that specifically is it's not about, you know, where's your truck or where's my container, right? What they really want to know when you think about the problem our customers are trying to solve, it's about, all right, I just saw that there's a strike in Busan. And so how is that going to impact my container, which ultimately has to get to my you know, to my warehouse in Akron, Ohio, right? That container has to get to my warehouse. I'm expecting it on a certain day. Can you tell me how this port strike in Busan is going to impact that? And so now what we have in place is in fact, so we said the first place we need to start with is this expected time of arrival, right? That's that's really where it's at. And we have enough data where, and we again started with trucking initially, we said by time of day, by day of week, it was a very specific problem. So, you know, that's that's where I would say we decided to identify a one very specific problem that we knew added tremendous value to our shippers and focus our initial set of algorithms on just building the best ETA algorithm out there. And that then became foundational for all the other efforts, right, that, that we did. So certainly one piece of advice would be for anyone like us that is getting started, right, is to identify one problem or pain point that you definitely know adds value to your customers, start there. And, you know, I have a couple of early customers that worked extensively with our data science teams, right, to to give us input. We worked in a highly collaborative manner, right, to identify any sort of outliers, you know, how should we be thinking about it? What new features might we want to add into the algorithm? And so I think that really helped us get started the right way and today, I would definitely say that this this is a huge competitive advantage for us. And we're fortunate. It is because your ML algo is only going to be as good as the amount of data that you have going into it. And we have a tremendous amount of data. We also have a very engaged shipper community. And so, you know, we're not short on ideas, right? They, they've been very generous with their time. And so that's that's really what has allowed us to continue to innovate in this space. And I'd say there's value that we bring to the ecosystem as a whole, right? As an example, when you think about competitive advantages or more, it really comes down to the size of the network and what can you, what value can you provide? So as an example, our benchmarking product can tell you the wait time at facilities, right? Because, you know, if you think about the top 100 retailers in the country, we deliver millions of loads to each of them on a weekly basis uh, or tens of millions in some cases. But we can basically tell you the wait time at a stop by time of day and day of week. And so that is valuable, not just to the shipper, it's valuable to the carrier who then can say, okay, if I get to this particular stop at 3 p.m., I'm going to wait for on a Friday, I'm going to wait for 90 minutes. But you know, if I get there past 5 p.m., it's going to take me six hours. And so I'm going to miss my next one, right? So that type of value can only come if, you know, we're doing predictive dwell times there. You have to have, obviously, enough data to be able to do that. But that's that's extremely valuable, right? That's the type of data we make freely available to the industry. So, yeah, I'd say that um, yeah. we've had some success. Yeah, there's well, there's so much to dive into here. I'm, I'm going to poke into a few things, but I do so so that you can kind of challenge, I guess, these ideas and maybe give me your angle on it. You know, we've heard the term sort of self-feeding data ecosystem or proprietary data plume was something said once uh, by a VC, and I never forgot it. I really like that framing um, where you folks decided, okay, here's a killer problem. Can we be the ones who are connected to the environment, which for you guys, I guess, is the shipper. So can we be the ones that, that drink in the most data about this problem? 
so that we can be the best at solving this particular problem. I think the suspicion here is that if you did that well enough, then people would want to keep picking you. And if they kept picking you, then you would keep drinking in their data and being able to improve the product more. And then you get to a point where kind of like Google, nobody wants a search engine other than Google because Google has the best results. And because they have the best results, everybody keeps using them. And because everybody keeps using them, their results are better and better calibrated. And so they build this momentum where they really are able to build a moat based on that self-feeding ecosystem. For you guys, what you seem to be describing is picking one problem and finding all the nodes in the world where you can drink in and consistently have streams of data from those nodes so that you can have the best solution in the space. I, I might be framing it in the wrong way, but let me know if you have things to add to that or how you would describe it. Yeah, absolutely right. I think it starts with finding that acute pain point, right? When we looked at, well, how could we be applying machine learning to this? Do we have enough data, right? Do we have enough clean data that we can apply an algorithm to? And then within that space, what is the most pervasive or painful data point problem that we can help with? And in our case, certainly that is, you know, this this problem of ETA, right? Because, you know, frequently the information flowing in is often fragmented it's not reliable. There's there's different versions of the truth. So what can we do then to actually apply data science to this problem, which has implications for all entities in the ecosystem and downstream? And you're right. Obviously, the more data we have, you know, even for our individual, every shipper on our ecosystem gets a custom machine learning algorithm. But obviously, the more data we have, the better it is, right? For some of our shippers who've been with us, you know, since 2015, you know, the ETA accuracy is extremely high, right? And so in that sense, yes, absolutely, right? Because we now have enough data on all of their lanes, on all of their carriers to be able to make some extremely accurate predictions and that in itself. So that's one example of how we build the moat, right? And so we started with that problem. There's others now, there's other applications now that we do, right? It's not just for trucks. We do it across modes, right? Last week, we launched our own version of the machine learning algorithm, which is, you know, for any freight that is intermodal or uh, goes across rail, we already have one in place for all ocean freight and so on. Maybe just thinking about kind of how maybe enterprise leaders could apply a little bit of what you folks have had to go through. I think a lot of companies want to ask themselves, not only can how we adopt AI, but how can we leverage this to really win in the market? You know, a big part for you folks was finding that initial problem. And you talked about the importance of speaking to your customers, obviously. I think that's common sense, but it, it definitely deserves being repeated. You know, if you were advising someone who's in a big company and they're they're really trying to figure out what is that core problem that they can be the best at collecting data at, that they can be the best at interpreting and sort of leveraging that data in, you know, what, what would you what would you kind of coach them on? How could they kind of find those hot points where AI could be a big lever? It does, in my view, you know, start with whatever is the fundamental pain point that you're trying to solve, right? And to see if AI would be would be a good, you know, because not not every problem needs an Definitely AI not. needs an Definitely AI solution, yeah. right? So I think part yep. of it is is figuring out what problem you know merits an AI application, if you will. And then, of course, you need high quality data, right? That that's important, right? Which is clean but also structured, and so you've got to figure out what within your ecosystem lends itself to that. And then very importantly, I think there has to be alignment, right, between, you know, the product and engineering team internally, of course, but also importantly with a customer. I think in our cases, as I said, we had a couple of very enthusiastic 
customers that were quite passionate about this space and importantly, how they would use this data, right? Where, as it improved, you know, what, what are the things they would do differently? As an example, right? They said, hey, if your ETA got much more accurate along these high volume lanes for us, we will then communicate this to our warehouses and customers well ahead of time, right? If you're able to predict at pickup what the actual delivery time is going to be with let's say, you know, whatever, 95% confidence, then I'm going to communicate that downstream in these ways. And so it gave us a goal and a target to shoot for. And I do remember that the first time one of our customers, you know, did that and reported back on the results, right? There were mutual celebrations all around, right? Even internally, we were super (laughs) excited about it, as were our customers. And that then got them talking and us investing more and so on. So I think it is important to pick your problem to be as narrow, but but definitely one that solves a pain point, right? You make sure that you're structured, uh, you have talent with the right skill sets, right? To be able to work on this, right? And then you've got to have the tech infrastructure in place, right? Use the data, generate the insights and so on. But then importantly, on the other side, you've got to have a customer that is saying, yes, and here's how I will use this once you're done with uh, building it out. Uh, and I think when you have all of this working for you, you can then use that early victory, right, to do more and it will take on a life of its own. So I'm going to nutshell this as a couple quick steps for folks, and you can basically put your your color on it, but here's kind of what I'm taking notes on. One is you really have to understand the core problem within your industry or business, and, and it may or may not really require an AI solution. But if it does, then neat, but, but you've really got to have that deep contextual understanding of what are the levers that need to happen, what are the big pain points, what are the areas where, where they could be genuine leverage with, with AI. So a lot of subject matter expertise, a lot of understanding of AI. Secondly, you've got to figure out how data and algorithms can come together to deliver value in that hard, clunky problem in the real world. And that involves finding customers, or if you're within a big business, finding people within your big business, who can actually go apply some of these early ideas, who can take your thoughts about data, take their sets of data, and and go through the processes that you think are really going to lever value, and have enough feedback back and forth until you find where your wins are, and then kind of scale from there. Let me know what I might have missed. I'm just trying to really tighten up how people can take action on what you're saying. Let me know what else you'd add. No, I think you've captured it perfectly. Oh, man. All right. I I don't always get it on the first go, but I'm glad to hear it. Hopefully that's useful for for those of you who are listeners tuned in. I think startups that are really succeeding and running quickly, not all startups actually have real sales uh, and actual traction in the world. You guys clearly do, and I think people can learn from that. So Priya, I know that's all we have for time, but thank you so much for joining us again here on AI and Industry. Thanks a lot, Dan. Always a pleasure. Take care. So that's all for this episode of the AI and Business Podcast. I always appreciate learning from you listeners. As many of you are aware, this sort of two or three episode a week cadence that we're on right now is actually based on feedback from listeners. Many of you were trapped at home during the pandemic and it sort of asked if there's a little bit of a way to maybe get some more information or cover more topics. And so I've kind of put my pedal to the metal 
to help serve you. And I want to know if I'm doing a good job. So if you like what you're hearing here, drop us a five-star review on iTunes. Pretty easy to find the AI and Business Podcast on iTunes. I think it's called Apple Podcast now, but regardless, find the AI and Business Podcast on Apple. Drop us a five-star review and leave us a note about what you really like most about the show. Every now and again, those of you who are on the newsletter at Emerge.com, you know that I'll actually put some of those reviews right in our emails and say a big thank you to some of the folks who drop us a review and let us know what they like most about the show. That's the stuff that helps me improve. I always love hearing from you guys. I think that this podcast has been a collaborative effort for years now, and with more and more listeners, I'm getting more and more feedback, and it always makes me happy, and frankly, kind of keeps the team motivated as well. So share your thoughts. Again, AI and business at Apple Podcasts, pretty easy to find on Google, and let us know what you think about the show. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. I look forward to catching you in the next episode here on the AI and Business Podcast. Thank you.